0: Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up today, we'll be doing an in-depth explainer of the fair deal scheme and the latest rule changes applying to the family home. How do you go about finding sustainable homeware products for Christmas gifts? Our panel will give their insight. It's almost Thanksgiving, even if you're not American. We've some great cooking tips and creating a spa atmosphere at home. We'll be showing you how. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here on The Home Show at 53106 for 30 Cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com or you can find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show, all of our podcasts, every show on the Newstalk website or on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, you're very welcome along And I don't know whether, like me, you've started turning on the very, very expensive heating more often. Uh, But one of the nicest things to do around this time of year is to have a lovely spa treatment. All that plinky, plonky music, the lovely warm room and warm hands and hot stones, maybe. Well, me, I love a facial and I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to do one this side of Christmas. But later on, we're going to have uh, Jennifer Sheehan in. Now, she's going to be telling us how we can replicate the spa experience at home. I don't know if it'll be quite the same uh, but we will certainly be finding out about that. But in the meantime please let me know your favourite spa treatment let me know 53106 uh, and uh, you can email us at at newstalk.com. and for now you are very welcome along to the show. Now, before all that, I mentioned last week briefly that one of the government's plans to ease the housing shortage is to allow residents of nursing homes claim more on rental income than they currently do from renting out their primary residence because there's so many houses boarded up because of this issue um, that it sounds like a good idea. Well, in theory it does, but we received an email from Patty in Mayo who was listening to the show and raised concerns about the pressure some residents or their family could come under under. if they are to rent out a vacant property. Uh, And Patty was referring to a family member saying his home is empty and in need of renovation. However, under no circumstances will he or we rent out his home regardless of government policy or potential rental income. It's his home. His personal belongings are there and he likes to visit it, although it may only still be for a few times a year. And having had negative experience of renters in the area, there's no circumstance under which we would consider this. We'll continue to maintain his house as best we can. Every penny of his pension is being clawed back by the government so they'll never get their claws on his home, says Patty. And no amount of money is worth watching it. I worry now families could be encouraged to put elderly people in care unnecessarily with the lure of non-taxable income government are great at asking people to downsize and let their homes and offer rooms for rent but it'll never address the destruction caused and all the rights renters have. Well look, to discuss the recent changes to the Fair Deal rules. I'm joined by Peter McElroy from Fair Deal Solutions uh, and they advise people about all aspects of this scheme. Peter, it's it's lovely to have you in studio. Fair lovely Deal, yep. just give us a broad brush stroke because I think lots of people know this scheme exists. It's been around now for 11 or 12 years and right. how it impacts on the family home piece because this is the bit that worries people.
1: Yeah, and, and look, without wanting to cause a pun in the first line, but it, it is a very fair approach in my opinion, both the Fair Deal generally but particularly in the family home. Why? Because if you were looking to go into a nursing home as a private individual, well, you could end up literally using up all your savings, having to sell your property, using up all the proceeds. So, you know, and then what happens if all of that runs out? Under the fair deal, even currently, there are certain restrictions and safeguards. So, for example, while it's not the objective of the fair deal to try and preserve wealth for the family or the generations to come, Nonetheless, you invariably, when you do use your family home to fund part of the fair deal, you're not going to actually lose much more than a quarter of the value of the family home. Now, I can get into the complications on well, the calculations. Well, it's because that,
0: that a certain amount is, is taken off exactly. each year, but it's capped after three years. Three years capped right? is exactly what so it's called. So you can yes. leave something to, to those that Absolutely. come behind you. Absolutely.
1: Know, and okay. and that's, that's one of the, the great things.
0: Okay. What's changed yeah. in that then?
1: So up until now, the issue was that if I was to rent out my family home, then now I have additional income. And the fair deal under the rules, they look for a certain amount of your income and a certain amount of your assets.
0: And when you say a certain yeah. amount of income, it's eighty ha- percent. It's most
1: of it. It's eight zero. It's, it is a yeah. lot. It's eighty percent. So
0: wherever that income comes from, and for lots of people, that would right. just be their pension, state pension. But if they've norm. rented out their house, it'll now be the rental income as well.
1: Exactly right.
0: So, you, so people like you are saying, "What's the point?"
1: Well, it's and, and more so actually because there's a little nuance in there that while they look for eighty percent. Of the net rental income, what they mean by that is your gross rental income less the tax you may have paid. Now, the tax liability and the revenue commissioners, that still stands, but as concerns the change, but as it currently stands, the fair deal would say, well, look, you know, I'll give you an example. Let's say the rental income gross was 24,000, there was income tax of 4,000. So you might say, okay, there's 20,000, but actually, I had to use a managing agent, I had some expenses, I, you know, to whatever. And let's say, for argument's sake, to keep the numbers really simple, imagine there was a further 4,000. So gross rental income, 24, 4,000 of tax, and 4,000 in other expenditure during the year. So I'm left with 16,000. But the way the fair deal calculates it, they don't allow the expenditure. They'll say 24,000 less your income tax of four. So you've 20,000, and we want 80% of that, And that's 16000 I You get nothing. It just seems to have been
0: kind of a crazy way to do it because families then are responding by doing what seems eminently sensible and boarding up the house or putting a family member in or just keeping the lights on and checking it because why would you be bothered with that? Even regular landlords, fat cat landlords, get tax deductions on, on what they do. So, as a result, the kind of the unintended consequence, perhaps, is that now there are thousands of homes, and there doesn't seem to be a clear record. To me, I, I've tried to look for this data, but anything yeah. between four and, and six or seven thousand homes, which now lots of them have spouses still living in them, and that, that they're, that's a, they're that's not the being point. touched. Yeah. but but the ones that are vacant. Um, are necessarily so because, like, like what's the point of doing? Well,
1: it? moreover, you know, you you could end up having people who don't pay. You could have problem tenants. You could have issues when you want to maybe take the house back for yeah. a family member and, and all also kinds of things.
0: People who don't want to become landlords, this was yeah. never their intention. Right. Their aunt yeah. is in a nursing home, yeah. or their mother's in a nursing home. The last thing they want to do is have the added burden. Now I'm in charge of a house. Absolutely. Right. So under the new rules, the instead new rules. of taking. of the rent the
1: government is now proposing. 40%. So that means Gosh. that the the applicant, the resident or the family can effectively hold on to 60% of the gross rental income, less the income Gosh. tax. Because if you look at the majority of cases, and certainly in most of the cases we would see very often, you might have somebody who, you know, mum or dad, and perhaps all they have is the state pension. And in round numbers, you might say, like, that's approximately 13,000 a year. The fair deal says, well, we want 80%, so that's approximately 10,000. So... You know, you might say, well, if you're in a nursing home, you don't have much expenditure, do you? But... In fact, if you're only left with 3,000 a year, yeah, it's not much. Yeah, And of course, know?
0: there's lots of things the Fair Deal Scheme does not Correct. cover in nursing homes. Absolutely I mean, anything right. like if you want to get your hair done or a chiropody appointment yeah. or actually is rather EO disgracefully incontinence yeah. wear isn't included in a lot of cases. Yeah. Or, you know, the bingo classes and things yeah. like that. So, extras, yeah, OK, absolutely. so this, you reckon, Peter, will go some way to maybe... Allowing families to have a rethink of this vacant property that is there. I think it's. I
1: think it's a, think it's a, a major change. Okay. Um, you know, it had been muted to be to come in last year when they brought in the uh, rules around that three-year cap you mentioned earlier, being not only applicable to those who held family homes in bricks and mortar, but in a bid to try and free up some of the stock for sale that mm. were being held on by residents, they said, "Okay, well, we'll extend that three-year cover to the proceeds." from the sale of your family home now it's yeah. not for investment stuff and similarly yeah. the rental income we're talking about now and that's kind is of home. that
0: could that's the game changer as yeah. far as i could see because for the same reason they're not being rented out, these homes are being being held, uh, Absolutely. you know, because there's no cap on cash assets. Yes. It just keeps being stripped exactly. as long as the yeah. person's in a nursing yeah. home. Okay. Exactly right. All right. Okay. Well, you have a more positive aspect on it I than do. maybe yeah. I had I have okay. thought. And, and you reckon that it'll have that double effect. It'll allow the family to keep income, yeah. but only if they rent it out and, and give it to maybe another family to live in.
1: Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, there's HAP, there are all different schemes that they could look at, of yeah. course. You know, that that some of it, the hassle factor, as you mentioned earlier, because do they want to become landlords? You know, no, they don't, you know, in reality. And there's a bit they, of
0: know. work doing in dicking up houses to Absolutely. get it up to standards. And yeah. You, can, you yeah. know.
1: Bit of expenditure. Yeah. And, but yeah, against that, I mean, it's non, a non-financial thing in a way, but houses, I believe, need to be lived in. Yeah. You know, there is that aspect too. But there is, you also touched earlier, there is the emotional side that some people will have to get over of, do I want somebody living or me and your dad, me and your mum, whatever it was, that's where we lived. Do I want somebody in my home? That's mm, a family matter, mm. really. But in terms of pure financial, I think it's uh, very advantageous to people. Because the, there's yeah. that
0: other piece about if, if you do have somebody else living there, like a stranger or a tenant, you have to clear out all the belongings of the individual yeah. and, they're, and they're not dead.
1: You know? No, and, and, and I suppose sometimes, particularly in the early years, sometimes of somebody going into a home, it, it's not prison. You are allowed to leave. So, you can, you know, a lot of homes will allow people to go out and stay with maybe a relative or whatnot. Come out for Christmas. Come out, yeah, and maybe yeah, go back to their. Yeah. And, and sometimes, to be honest with you, that's possibly more psychological, perhaps in the sense of uh, aspirational, maybe.
0: So, how do you find out with clients that come to you? Yeah. What What is the complexity of Fair Deal that kind of stymies them? Is it just there's a lot of paperwork involved in improving all bit, of yeah. this, the house valuations and the income and yeah. all of that especially for somebody maybe who just wouldn't have the capacity to do it themselves.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Um, it, it is, not, I, I don't want to exaggerate the complexity, but, um, you know, there there are elements that are quite difficult. And you also have to remember, I think even when people are starting on this, you, you could gloss over the fact that there is, there's an emotional side to this. Mm. You know, wh- whether, for example, it's a couple, and you know, who've been together for maybe decades living together and one of them now is going to live somewhere else. There's that side of things. There's, There can be emotional, you know, aspect amongst the kids. Some want mum and dad to go in, some don't. So, and I've seen that in families and every family is different. There is that emotional, even traumatic side to it. And you can't, as I say, gloss over it. Sometimes you you get a bit of guilt, to be blunt about it. The kids go, oh, maybe I could, you know, have mum live with me or that. But sometimes that's just with the best will in the world not feasible. Yeah, and sometimes
0: in a lot of cases family have already gone down that road and they're at the end of that process there. uh, And,
1: you know, I have my own experience of that indeed. Fair
0: deal, I mean, of itself is probably a fair, as you said, a fair way of doing this because it means anybody can access pretty much any nursing home they want, one that's nearby yeah. them rather than the cheapest one, the one they can afford, which might be somewhere else. So, right. so in that sense, it's kind of fair. How are you finding things at the moment for clients? Are, like, are their nursing home available? We've we've heard a lot of them, you know, just because of financial reasons have begun to close or yes, they don't indeed. have extra capacity. Is that having an impact on people finding places under Fair Deal?
1: It is, absolutely. Um, and while, the, you know, the, the, the numbers are eye-watering in terms of you know what the cost i mean you're talking about anywhere from 50 or 60 right up to 70 or 80000 euros of after tax income in the fees yeah. in in terms of what yeah. the charge yeah. you know the charges for nursing homes now and someone could be easily you know forgiven for thinking that these homes are must be making out like bandits type thing yeah. but it's an expensive business of but it is. Of um, it is. um but but certainly you know that there are there are, I'd say there are more bottlenecks in terms of demand-led in certain areas. Okay. So I see it a lot in South County Dublin, for example. Of course, yeah, yeah
0: because you just have a higher concentration of Absolutely. people and maybe in the hospital. Absolutely. Already. Okay, Peter, well, look, we'll keep an eye on the whole scheme. There are more changes to come because they're going to have to yep revise it and review it on an ongoing basis it's currently costing the taxpayer a billion euros That's a really year a so euros, so yep. it's an ex- expensive business at the best times with the growing demographic in this area Peter McElroy Fair Deal Solutions thanks a million for bringing us that round up on The Home Show today Thanks Sinead Now still to come on The Home Show we'll be chatting about some sustainable gifts for the home uh, for maybe to use as Christmas gifts and we'll be back in a few moments And you're very welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk Radio this is Sinead Ryan and this is The Home Show Now before the the break. I was chatting to Peter McElroy about the thorny issue of fair deal and the scheme and how it applies to homes and all of that. If you missed that, and I know lots and lots of people were interested in it, well, it will be up on our podcast, which is on the News Talk app, powered by Go Loud, or indeed wherever you get your podcasts from, so you can listen back to that. Now, there is no way of avoiding it anymore. We are in Christmas shopping season and homeware and gifts is always a great idea. But in the age of sustainability, how do you know where to find a gift that is also kind to the environment? Well, my next two guests may be able to help you on both counts. So joining me is Paula McGovern from Wizard and Grace Candles and Jessica Brickenden, founder of Irish retailer Taylor and Grey. Uh, Ladies, you're both very welcome to the Home Show this morning. Thanks Thank so Sinead. much, Sinead. So Paula, uh, let me start with you. Wizard and Grace candles. What have you had to do to pivot your business to make sure that these are sustainable, and you're using Irish-made products? I presume you like to use as well uh, to make sure that when customers come to you to ask about the environmental impact, that you can you can answer them.
2: Sure, Sinead. Well, I suppose I created Wizard and Grace to create a sustainable candle option for people. What I was looking for in the market, I couldn't find. So I wanted something fully natural and fully sustainable. And by natural, I mean scented by essential oils only and made with the most sustainable wax, which is rapeseed and coconut wax. So at the moment, there's a lot of um, candles in the market, uh, but a lot of them are soy wax based and fragrance oils. So I wanted to create something different. So I suppose when I started looking into it a couple of years ago, I realised that there's a huge amount to know in this area and that there's a huge amount of research to get the most sustainable options. So it it does take a lot more energy and time to get the best quality ingredients. But I suppose that's what I've been doing and testing my candles for the last couple of years, particularly in the last year, And to be able to launch a range of four intention candles that I can stand over and say are made of the highest quality, ethically sourced and sustainable natural ingredients.
0: Yeah, now you mentioned soy there and of course paraffin Mm. is used in so many candles as well. And not only does it smell a bit funny, but like it's not good because it's this byproduct from the petroleum industry. So have you just decided I'm just never going to use any of that stuff for environmental reasons?
2: Absolutely. Like, it's just not an option for me to use petroleum-based products or soy-based wax or any fragrance oil. And the reason I actually started with soy wax, because it is the wax that you see most commonly in the natural-based products. And actually, soy itself is creating a huge amount of deforestation problems, social justice problems, and mostly in South America, it's not sustainable um, at all. Mm. And so I looked into the options. So I I source now rapeseed and coconut wax, both really good, renewable, biodegradable, plant-based waxes, Mm. uh, and all sourced from Europe where it's illegal to grow GMO crops. So I suppose I wanted to make sure I just had the most sustainable option.
0: Now, you're based down in Kinsale there, beautiful. I'm sure that gives you a lot of inspiration for the design and the products that you sell. Does it mean that because you have to produce these environmentally friendly, that there's, they're always going to carry a premium price?
2: Well, I suppose what I am doing is I am trying to source all my you know, ingredients as locally as possible. So I'm sourcing my essential oils within Ireland sourcing my packaging and printing and um, within Ireland and also using printers that only use plant-based inks and using green energy um, and obviously I'm just trying to make sure every element of my business like down to the fact where I wanted to create some nice Christmas boxes and um, but I want to use tensile fabric ribbons not polyester based ribbons okay. and paper so you know it's, it's kinda of like if, if you're gonna say you're sustainable, then you have to you have, really to, you have to walk the wall element.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. And where can people find your candles, Paula? Uh
2: my website is wizardandgrace.com and I'm also in independent retailers throughout Cork and, and, and Leitrim and where I'm from originally. So right. there's a few different places. But yeah.
0: Good. And what can people expect to pay for some of your candles? And I'm looking here at the uh some of the range that you have. Uh Bandia, the goddess candle, fresh and zesty lemongrass and sage. You'd feel like eating it, wouldn't you? <laughs> Frankincense like and lime. Candle.
2: That's <laughs> the sp- candle I burn when I can't get to the spa. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll be, we'll be talking
0: spas after the next break, so stay tuned for that. Okay. <laughs> we great. might have to. OK, so, so uh, the price range then?
2: The price range, we start at €35 Euro and gift set from €65. Euro. And so like that, with anything, when you're using very high quality ingredients, the rapeseed wax is um, a higher quality of wax and it's also a Mm. slow-burning and cooler burn. So it actually means that for a 180-mil candle, it's a 45-hour burn. And you know you can trust that what you're burning is, is, is pure natural, sustainable ingredients.
0: Okay, and of course also smells lovely. All right. Uh, Paula, thanks for that. Now we also have Jessica Brickenden. Um, Now, Taylor and Grey, you you supply lots and lots of different products, everything from throws and vases and cushion covers and all that kind of thing. How difficult do you find it to source fully sustainable goods for your store?
3: I started kind of a few months back. I was looking to source fully sustainable if isn't easy because you really have to scratch underneath the surface to find out kind of more about the processes, where the products are coming from. I really took my time finding the right supplier. As Paula was saying, I'm trying to buy as much from Ireland and support Irish makers as possible.
0: What are your most popular products
3: then, uh, Jessica? So my most popular products would be, I have ceramics coming from Portugal from a gorgeous family there. So that initial piece sold out and there's more coming in, in over the next few weeks. And Irish made Christmas decorations, Christmas stockings that are made from 100% Irish linen. That's sourced in Wexford and made by a gorgeous artist here in Dublin.
2: Right. So
3: I've had lots of requests for that. And the cushions have been big salaries for me <laughs> as well. Okay,
0: And where can people find out more about uh, what you do?
3: So I am on Instagram and Facebook as Taylor and ie, and on my website at www. taylorandgray. ie.
0: All right, and people can find all that. Gosh, I like the idea of those uh, of those linen uh, covers there. All right, Jessica, uh, thank you so much. That's Jessica Brickenden from Irish retailer Taylor and Gray, and before that, Paula McGovern from Wizard and Grace Candles. Now, next Thursday marks Thanksgiving and with more than 10,000 Americans living in Ireland, we want to help you make an impression if you're preparing a Thanksgiving dinner. And it's not that far removed from our own Christmas table, so hopefully everybody will be able (laughs) to pick up a few tips from my next guest, Emily McCorkle, a Philadelphia native living in Derry and founder of food business Low and Slow. Emily, you're very welcome along to The Home Show. Hey, thank you for having me, and happy Thanksgiving in advance. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's a big deal stateside. What do families normally prepare for Thanksgiving dinner?
4: Oh, that's a very loaded question. I mean, it depends on <laughs> depends on the region, depends on the the household. Some people, you know, love seeing the variety. What different people choose, and other people hold it as a very sacred holiday. If you deviate from that region fare, you know you're in trouble. So I think for us, I mean, I'm from Philadelphia on the East Coast, and uh, and then we just had it was very similar to a Christmas dinner, but without the Yorkshire puddings. We um, we did a really lovely loose stuffing. Almost uh, we call it, I suppose it's more of a dressing because we're not stuffing the turkey, um, but we do turkey. You know, all all the trimmings, all the lovely stuff. But when I went to school in Missouri, they had the sweet potatoes with the or the candied yams with the marshmallow on top. Oh, that's a bit of carb yes. loading
0: there going on, it isn't very it? Very
4: sweet. Yeah, very, very sweet for the Thanksgiving table. And then our friends as well. I mean, they had like a jello kind of thing, you know, the jelly with the fruit and the cream and uh, as a mold on the Thanksgiving table. And it was it, that stuff was too weird for me. I thought, no, nope, send me back to the East Coast. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. No, I I think that's probably a, a good thing. And it always seems strange Ooh, yeah. to me that you end up then doing it again a month later yeah. for Christmas. Because it's not unlike a Christmas dinner.
4: It's well, but I mean then when I moved here, it was like a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner every Sunday with a big roast dinner. We we don't do that. <laughs> Where I'm from, we never did that. Soup and sandwiches <laughs> on well, Sunday. <laughs>
0: we do we do like our roast dinners. So anyway, hey, tell me a little bit about your journey to Ireland from Philadelphia and the business. Business that yeah. you set up when you got here?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, look, I you heard you talking about the 10,000 Americans living here. I call it the inverse diaspora, where so many people have left Ireland years and years and years ago, and now we have all of these blended cultures and, and people with maybe a little Irish ancestry, maybe without. We're coming back and bringing a, a little taste of their culture back to Ireland, and I think that's what I'm, I'm doing as well. I'm joining in on that as well. Um, so I came here in 2005. I was a youth worker. I meant to stay for one year. <laughs> um, do an internship and then go home. And I just fell in love with the people. And then uh, three years later, fell in love with a man here. So we now have two kids and the dog and a food business. In 2018, we started our food business uh, with our sauces. 2019, we started hot food catering. And then in 2020, during lockdown, we built a food truck and now that's where we are.
0: Wow. Well, we're delighted to have you, of course. Isn't that often the way the love gets in the way and we end up there? And of course, it works the other way as well. Many, many Irish people um, setting up home in America. Okay. well, look, let's get some food tips Mm. off you, Emily. Turkey is the main feature, just like Christmas. Yes. What is your advice advice for the perfect juicy bird.
4: So many people tell me we don't want to do turkey whether it's Christmas or, you know, because people don't really celebrate Thanksgiving here. So people say turkey is awful, it's dry, it's overcooked, it's terrible. And there's one key trick that will solve everybody's dry turkeys forever. And that's brining your turkey. So whether you have a turkey, a turkey crown, even turkey breast, if it's a small family that you're cooking for, if you brine it. So a brine is a solution of, okay. of salt and seasoning with, mixed with water. And the, the science behind it, and I love food science. I think it's super fun. The science behind it is the salt draws all of the moisture out of the turkey. And then it's, when it's completely dehydrated, then it pulls back in all of that salt, all of the flavoring, all of the seasonings that you put in. So we do orange and herbs and garlic and all these lovely, lovely things, peppercorns and things, and all those flavours infuse back into the meat as well as the water. Kind of like how people inject meat, but this is a very natural way of doing it.
0: You're putting it in like, what, a large basin or or a pot? And how long do you leave it in the brine for?
4: I mean, it depends on the size of meat that you're using, but um, no less than two hours. um, And it could be up to 24 hours. If If you're doing a giant turkey, which in America, you know, we have giant turkeys for giant families or even for small families. Um, And so anywhere between two two to 24 hours, you can do it overnight and that's no problem at all. Okay. Um and then you just want to take the turkey out of the water, pat it dry, and then cook it as you typically would.
0: Okay, good. All right. Brining your turkey. Now I'm a big fan of the yes. old bag, sticking it in a bag one of the sealed bags. Yes. And yep. uh, but I presume it has the same thing. It's about that moisture element, isn't it? And keeping it, it is. keeping it all in place.
4: Exactly. But when you brine the turkey, it keeps the, the moisture inside the meat. So it doesn't matter how long the turkey has been sitting. And we've done this, we smoke our meat as well. And we find people have said to us three days later when there's still a smell the leftovers, which that's that's what we do too, they said straight out of the fridge, they cut the turkey and it still is juicy, juicy. and delicious. It hasn't dried out. it's it's, it's unbelievable. But, I mean, it's the it's the magic of food science. Okay, now the stuffing. Uh, another <laughs> bit of science, oh. inside or outside the bird? Oh man, okay, I like it outside. I like the crunchy
0: yeah, texture me too. When, it, when it, yeah, you know, yeah. Because you, you, you want it kind of just that, that that kind of crust on top, don't you? And, and, have it, Absolutely. you know, and, and you're not running any danger then of anything going wrong with it. Well, that's juices right. Juices or blood that's or right. all that. Okay, right, yeah. that's that dilemma solved. Now, the one I have <laughs> never been able to get a grip on, the dreaded Brussels sprouts. They're not universally loved. How can I make them palatable? <laughs>
4: so I mean, man, growing up we would have we would have cooked everything in the barbecue. There were so many years, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, that we would just would sort have of grilled our, our dinner, whether smoking or grilling. And what I would suggest is get bacon, a red onion, salt and pepper, and trim, peel all of your sprouts, cut them in half, slice up your rashers, fry the rashers and onion um, in in an oven proof pan, and let them crisp up. Take them out of the pan, add the sprouts with your seasoning, roast for 30 minutes, and then take the take your pan out, put your onions and rushers back in, and put them back in for 15 minutes, and they're delicious. And if you want a little bit more flavors in there, you can use a little bit of a chili oil, you can use a little bit of balsamic vinegar, and... Maybe put some of your favorite cheese through it as well, and it just makes it rather than being soggy, boiled, mm. cabbagey-smelling mm. <laughs> sprouts that nobody mm. likes that you have to hide in gravy and seasoning. Well, then these become something beautiful in and of themselves. And and from being a sprout hater, I'm now a sprout lover. <laughs> okay, well,
0: wonderful. That, well, that does sound delicious. All right, now <laughs> <laughs> finally, what will you be doing on Thursday yourself, Emily?
4: Oh man, we have we have a lot of great. American friends here, we joke that we're like dolphins. We have this like sonar radar system (laughs) where we just attract each other.
0: And you (laughs) you find each other and come together on this special day. All right. And where can people find out more about your business, Low and Slow, Emily?
4: Uh, We have a website. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We even have a TikTok. Yeah, our, our website has all of our recipes. You can get all of our Thanksgiving recipes there as well
0: brilliant all right well that is Emily McCorkle of low and slow and happy Thanksgiving to you and also to all our American listeners that we have Emily it was lovely uh, to talk to you uh, now coming up amidst the dark evenings it's nice to have a little huga in the home we'll be showing you how to incorporate a spa feel into your interiors and as always you can get your questions into us or your thoughts or queries into the home show at newstalk.com text us here 53106 for 30 cent and we'll be back in a few moments and you're very well back to the home show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan with you till the top of the hour. Now Jennifer Sheehan Home of the Year winner back in studio. Jennifer you're very welcome back. Spa
5: aficionado. Spa aficionado (laughs) and you
0: have been doing a nice you've had a nice treat for us this week now looking at not quite so much your favourite spa. We didn't send you down to Monart or anything like that. (laughs) Uh, we, We do all love a spa treatment and we love it especially this time of year when it's a little bit chilly and it gets us prepared for Christmas. So instead of sending you out to expensive spa We've asked you to bring them into the home yes. and try and replicate experiences uh, that maybe we can have. There was a whole moment during the madness of the Celtic tiger where it seemed everybody <laughs> had a hot tub in the back yeah, garden. <laughs> and I'm sure some of them are still there. I'd yeah. love to know, I'd love somebody to do a survey and find out, are they used at all anymore <laughs> apart from <laughs> listeria or salmonella or something are they used like regularly yeah. by the way if you have a hot tub listeners and you are regularly using it do let us know and get in touch. you talk. can get inflatable
5: <laughs> hot tubs if you're yeah. still thinking about it I, what I will say is they take about 12 hours to heat up that's a lot so you need to be a regular user and a planner in a order a lot to get and also at the
0: moment like the cost of it cost
5: now it's not it's not really boiling feasible.
0: kettles and pouring it in is it yeah, yeah. no you know, okay
5: it's plumbed. It's plumbed. You plug it in um, and it does heat up the water, but 12 hours of heating water. Given the energy so we're facing in into. advance to kind yeah. of a mad extent. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't want to jump in a hot tub willy nilly. I don't <laughs> want to plan 12 <laughs> hours ahead. I don't know what
0: I'm going to be doing. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Well, you've been having a look at some uh, ways that we can enhance our homes uh, and include our favourite spa treatments. So, what have you found for us? Yeah.
5: So, number one, and saunas. And I, I love looking into this topic because I love a spa. And as somebody who had to save for, a renovation if the bank had looked at my previous outgoings and seen what I love spending on spas. I definitely had to go for kind of, you know, at home options. Anyway, I love spas, So saunas is the first thing I looked for. And actually saunas are surprisingly easy to install in your home and they sound completely inefficient and a total waste of money but if you're somebody who really enjoys a sauna and sitting in a sauna um, they're actually not that difficult to install you just plug them in and in particular infrared saunas are quite a bit more energy efficient than your regular sauna what's that now? So, infrared saunas a regular sauna or steam sauna will just heat the air so you walk into a big room of hot air and you sit there for a while sweating it out and out you go and, and that's fine. An infrared sauna will emit infrared rays which just heat you up. So it's quite a bit more energy efficient. So when you walk in... Right. Not to be confused now with microwaves. Not to be confused <laughs> with microwaves. They're, they're, they are on a different, sli- a different end of the spectrum than microwaves. Okay. And they're safe. Everything in the world emits infrared rays. You emit infrared rays. So they, so they are ultimately right. a safe end of the spectrum to, to, to sit in. But they're funny because you walk into the sauna... And it doesn't feel hot at all. And as you sit there, you kind of slowly warm up yourself. And it only gets to about 60 degrees. So it's something that's worth trying yourself to see if you like it first. So it causes you then to kind of
0: sweat and and heat up. Yeah, so you
5: get all the same benefits. But I love it because there's something about a sauna. I don't love breathing in that really hot, air in a sauna yeah. I feel a bit claustrophobic it, and yeah. dry throaty and all that and you don't get that in an infrared sauna so I, I love them I think they're really really effective. And are they straightforward to install in plug your it home in. then? You plug it in So what do you need just yeah. like a box room or? So it comes in a box I, I went shopping very happy to go shopping I was surprised <laughs> how many were available in Ireland so I found a great place um, one in my hometown in Limerick uh, and they also have showrooms in Wexford this is a room outside and they had everything you need they literally just you know come to your house deliver this big box and you plug it in and away you go as long as you have space for it. So they were starting at about 2,400 for a two-person one and up to 4,400 uh, for a four-person one, very for straightforward numbers. And they don't take up that much space. So you need about maybe a metre by a metre squared for the smallest one. Okay, and this comes like with this little seat to sit yeah. on and all. Oh, everything! And yeah. you don't need like the hot coals or no, any of that? Okay. none of that. All Just right. a little infrared okay. emitter and you sit there and away you go. And saunas are, I mean, there's all sorts of claims about saunas and circulation and everything that's grand. I did find one study on PubMed, if anyone's interested in the health benefits, that tenuously linked uh, sauna usage, regular sauna usage, so four to six times a week uh, in reducing Alzheimer's and dementia in middle-aged Finnish men. So there is something potentially about the, the increased see, circulation uh, and like, how good it is uh, for you.
0: I mean, the Scandinavians live forever. And I think it's, uh, this <laughs> yeah. could well be one of the reasons. But I suspect it's because they're also super healthy and they eat the right the fish and they get out And, the and yeah. OK, so that is an infrared sauna. Yeah. OK, now the next thing you have is a steam shower. A now steam steam shower. Shower. this seems,
5: this sounds more up my alley now. Like a steam room. A bit like a steam room, but something that you can fit in your house. I don't... I'm personally not as enamoured with steam rooms as I am with saunas, especially infrared ones, because there's something about breathing in that steam that I don't love. But apparently it can be really good for congestion. So if you're somebody who gets a bit stuffed up, if you're somebody maybe who suffers from hay fever or just gets colds and flus over, over winter and a bit sniffly. Yeah, like a little drop of eucalyptus exactly. essential oil or something and it
0: really pervades throughout the whole steam room experience.
5: Yeah, those salts, anything. So they can really, really help. So they, these are like mini steam rooms and, and the great thing is they don't take up much more space than a regular shower. So if you're somebody who loves a steam room and you're looking at getting a new shower anyway, okay. potentially think so about getting a steam shower. Fit yeah. then in
0: a, a kind of a regular to, to yeah. larger bathroom.
5: Yeah, the smallest I found was... Was 0.8 by 0.8 of a metre so less than one metre squared which be, is really tiny oh much yeah, smaller just
0: be and you and it's
5: that, well, <laughs> fine you don't want to I mean you don't need anybody in your steam shower no. with you I mean we're what all I would for suggest, saving water but
0: you know not a, maybe not at that extent <laughs>
5: yeah. what I would suggest is 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 having a little stool in there as well because you do get pretty hot mm. and you might not necessarily want to be standing there getting light at yeah. it's better to sit down so okay. something that you can fit a stool into is, is all you need really okay and yeah. do we have cost for that I I found one starting at 1990 oh, so just okay. under 2000 euro right. that was crystalbathroom.ie and they went all the way up to over 6 grand for this for a big one this is if you really like to steam with with friends or family <laughs> you can get a large kind of 2 3 seater if you fancy right. it for six grand. okay that mm. might
0: tell us more about people than than the fact they get in i'm okay.
5: curious if this is available readily available what are what are people up to let us know are people out there steaming at home let us know okay steam With shower
0: friends. okay so there is a shower in there as well and yeah. you you rinse off afterwards exactly
5: okay. and it's it's a slightly different set up because it's fully enclosed to keep the steam in and there's a bit of a curve going on because you don't want these this flat ceiling that's going to drip down on top
0: yeah. of you with this horrible steam that's Okay and I, I mean it is probably going to steam up a bit of the rest of your bathroom so yeah, you want to good carve out the time and put a sign in the door and get rid of the kids Okay excellent <laughs> right. I like that better already Okay now the alternative to this not liking this
5: chamber. <laughs> so this is I do like this one I'm going to be honest Ice baths. Lots of benefits associated with ice baths. Okay, this is not for me, but go ahead, go (laughs) ahead. Lots of people like it. there might be an argument, do we actually need ice baths in Ireland? Out the back garden with a hose is another option. But ice baths, so cold water swimming has been huge in Ireland over the pandemic, which I love to see it. I'm I'm pro dry robe. I'm pro everybody down at the 40 foot. Just get in the water. I think it's great for everyone. I was delighted to see more people doing it. And there's all sorts of benefits with getting cold for a while. Now, work your way up to us. I don't want anyone getting a heart attack don't with a bucket jump of water. In and start cracking but, ice. I know. It is set to combat fatigue, it's set to decrease stress, it's set to increase your circulation and it's really good for reducing inflammation and swelling. So you often see it in muscle rehab. So if you're somebody that trains a lot, mm. works out a lot, an ice bath, you might have come across it even before. So are, do these really go helpful. outside your house then? These like go the past- outside. Ideally they go outside because it would right. take too much energy really in Ireland to, okay. to keep it cold in the inside. So you need plumbing. So if you have an outdoor tap or a hose or something like that, that's perfect. Um, and you can start from about 425 euros. Oh, so right. what you're looking at there is a really nice looking, the same as a hot tub really, right? It's just all about temperature control. And this one, you'd add your own bags of ice and fill it up with your own cold tap water and dunk yourself in. And then all the way up to 2,850 euro I found on icebath.ie and that keeps the water cold at minus three degrees. Well, listen, that
0: is uh, some great (laughs) great (laughs) advice there for the spa treatment. Now for that kind of money, of course, you could probably book in for the you weekend could probably do a... to a spa and anything you like <laughs> and you're going to have it at home the whole time so yeah. I certainly like the hot ones not for me the cold option but there you go we're all different <laughs> and maybe maybe you shouldn't be allowed to have one without the other now uh, while we have you here of course we are heading towards that time of year inexorably and inevitably where we are beginning maybe and, and actually joyfully for the first time maybe in a few years for a yeah. lot of people being able to do a little bit of entertaining have people in our home so we are going to ask you then for some some tips on just getting your room ready whatever mm. room you're now going to use for entertaining maybe it's a dining room or it's one of your, your kind of kitchen living room mm. uh, so what can people do that don't break the bank yeah. because they spent all this money on their sauna so they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut back on the Christmas decorations. You could invite all your guests <laughs> into your sauna you felt like uh, what, what can we do just <laughs> to brighten up the place a little bit?
5: Yeah so we've probably neglected our dining rooms potentially over the past few years and it's great to be excited about Christmas again and having people come over filling your house but you know the dining room potentially might be a place now where you've lots of you know, things thrown on the table and it's maybe used as storage. So there's loads you can do for a little refresh. First of all, bring the outdoors in. I know it's winter, but one of the easiest things you can do in a dining room is just have plants, branches, whatever it might be. And you can always swap them around seasonally as well. So wintertime, I love nothing more. And you can just go out, pick them up yourself. And, and branches, some branches. They're, they're super trendy. And
0: actually, if you didn't feel like getting a tree this yeah. year there's nothing nicer than foraging for a large branch now you have to get it home of course yeah. and and hanging your little baubles and your fairy lights from yeah. it and it can look kind of uber trendy you can tell people it cost you a fortune because it's not a Christmas tree yeah? yeah.
5: and you can hang it up over your table you can have it in the corner you can have it along shelves you can have them anywhere and you're dead right hang baubles off them fairy lights go absolutely wild with the fairy lights there is no limit to the amount of fairy lights but all I would say about plants and branches and, and bringing the outdoors in is stick to a theme so if it's winter and you're going for bare branches stick with bare branches and you know twigs and holly and, and ivy and all that kind of thing if it's springtime and you want fresh flowers stick to fresh flowers and have lots of greenery and that kind of thing and just try to keep it all quite similar Okay Alright it out Good. so easily. Okay Now That's great um, What's next? Uh, rugs, rugs, rugs So a big thing in dining rooms to keep it really cosy and this is I think even more important if you're a dining room is open plan and maybe part of a larger kind of living, Mm. kitchen, dining area is a huge big rug that goes all the way under your table and chairs. It just makes that space really cosy really comfortable somewhere somewhere that people want to kind of congregate in and feel comfortable in and it zones off the space as well yeah, if it is open plan It's a good way of kind of breaking up
0: different spaces in the yeah. same room a rug because they're usually square or rectangular yeah. and they have that blocking effect
5: Exactly and if it's an unusual space you can layer rugs as well to make sure it covers the area that you need to get to but just make sure it goes all the way under the table the chairs and that you don't have people tripping up over it yeah. but you can bring in a lot of colour that way if you're sick of your dining room And you want a bit of a refresh, a rug is just an instant, you know, Mm. you can get a big pop of colour or you can go neutral if you want. You know, I like colour though. Okay. Lighting. We touched on lighting with the fairy lights. This is absolutely key. The number one thing I think you can do in a dining room or any space in your house to make people feel comfortable is to have diffused lighting. So get rid of overhead spotlights, turn them off and find, you know, lamps, kind of hanging chandeliers, anything that is more you know face warmer. on or sideways on Those rather than pin overhead. lights,
0: and they're in nearly every house now uh, they really have kind of gone out of favor yeah. i wonder is there a way to even check, maybe you don't want to do this change the color of the of the little spotlights you can lights. change
5: yeah what you're looking for there is warmth so yeah. you can you can get a warmer rather than bulb. this white, kind of bright white led kind yeah, of thing yeah you can get that and you know what they are helpful in working areas like kitchens or you know if yeah. you need to be focusing on something bright overhead lighting is fine but if you're sitting down in a dining room It just means that, that you don't have that intense... Yeah, intense light that that's normally there. So okay. then add lamps for that more diffuse kind of wall mm-hmm. lighting or um, those beautiful chandeliers that kind of hang down a little bit further. They're not totally overhead. Mm. They're not going anywhere. So big statement chandelier. Okay, <laughs> <You and laughs> I don't mean chandelier. a big that's water for crystal one now, but you know, yeah, yeah. all yeah. right, okay. Something else now to brighten it
0: up: uh, artwork. Of yeah. course we've talked about artwork before. Getting your beautiful paintings out, maybe mixing them up, putting them in different rooms. You're going a step further, Jennifer. As right, as
5: well. <laughs> I I feel quite strongly. Art is art. It's such a personal preference and I don't care if art is crap. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care what it looks like. I think if you see something that you like and you want it in your home and it makes you feel good and it makes you smile that's what I think you should buy. End of story. And if it looks crap or if it's gaudy or if it's somebody else who doesn't like it, who cares? It's a conversation starter. So I definitely think, especially in the dining room, put it up, have it out and proud. It's also a great place maybe for a gallery wall, you know, because it just gives people that talking point and, uh, oh, I didn't know you and your family were on holidays and wherever. Or if you're a collector of items and we've spoken about holiday trinkets before, then plates, baskets, whatever it is, you can hang all those up on, on the wall and have them yeah, as a conversation Yeah, and actually
0: there's um, a lovely kind of thing, you you know, which I think is a nice idea throughout the different seasons. It, and it's not terribly expensive, is to get nice frames, mm. but swap out posters or prints yes. within them, depending on the time of year. Yeah. And there's a fabulous uh, product I came across recently. I was getting a photograph framed and it kept... The light kept shining on the glass because of where it's positioned. Mm. So the framing place put in something called art glass. Now, everybody else seems to know about this. It was new to me. Never heard of it. But it completely flattens the shine on the glass. Oh, okay. And no matter where you put your pictures, you're not going to get that glare. You're not going to see yeah. those little pin lights or or kind of lamps shining off it genius uh, and I think that's a super idea and you know if you are putting pictures or posters or prints in well lit areas it's it's a great way because you don't get that, that reflection back
5: yeah absolutely yeah you're right yeah yeah so I guess it's a matte coating on yeah. the glass
0: anything you want to put up in the walls don't be fussy and don't take other people's opinions is that Yeah,
5: that's my personal right. opinion okay. I don't care what you in your dining wall okay. I think it's a place for fun and then your final tip um, make it all easy to clean easy to clean I know I really feel strongly about this so dining rooms if you use it a lot for lunch there's lots of advice out there about go bright and keep it maybe all white and very elegant I am against that personally I want a dining room that is very easy to clean I don't want to be sitting there worried about somebody spilling a bit of wine or dropping some food or something like that obviously it's all going to get cleaned later but being able to see stains would drive me absolutely mad so what you want is maybe a nice dark moody colouring, you know, maybe not expensive cushions around the seating area. Keep it lower cost or so or build up with your your, your
0: jewel colours, your exactly. dark colours. That time patterns, of year, you can get patterns of dark key. greens and purples and yeah. blues and reds and all of that. Right, we're ending with a practical tip for once when you get out of your sauna, uh, then <laughs> <laughs> then you can you can look after all that stuff alright Jennifer thank you so much uh, as always if you missed any of Jen's tips they will be up in a few moments up on the podcast
5: Delighted you're to be very here.
0: good and that is all we have time for this week if you'd like to get involved in the show send Jennifer out shopping somewhere let us know a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you'd like us to have in we are always open to suggestions drop us a text at 53106 for 30 cent email at the show during the week at thehomeshow at newstalk.com uh, and we will look at all of those. And don't forget, as I say, to check out the podcast on the News Talk website. Producing today, Maurice O'Sullivan with Steve Daunt on research and Stephen McLoon and Peter Malloy on sound. Anton Savage is up next. Have a fantastic weekend and we'll be back here next Saturday at 8 a.m.